Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. We are welcome to his presence. It's a wonderful day to meet the house of the Lord one more time. On this last Sunday of the month of March 2021. So this week, the first quarter will end. Is that not so? And I want to assure someone, wonderful things have been done. Wonderful foundations have been laid. Glorious things have been initiated. The rest of this year will be glorious. Uh, you know, there's a song we sing that says, It doesn't matter what the eyes do see. It doesn't matter what the people say. It doesn't matter what they see. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter. Even those who are making fun of you, they'll come and laugh with you. They'll come and rejoice with you. Because, brethren, as we round up this first quarter, we are moving higher individually, collectively, in all ramifications, we are moving higher. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Genesis, no, Matthew. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. You can put down from verse 14 to verse 30, but I'm not going to read all those verses. Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, but I'm going to start reading from verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Take note of that verse. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Verse 17. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, verse 19, the Lord of those servants cometh and reconnect with them. And so he that had received five, came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Amen. Amen. Now let's go to verse 24. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, a garden where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lord, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knew that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury, that is with interest. Verse 28. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which are ten talents. I'm going to stop there. Praise the Lord. On March 7, we began looking at 
the word that the Lord sent unto us. And the Lord gave us three promises. That as we as a church are beginning a new phase in the life, I mean, in the life of this church, it's a new beginning of three things. What was the first one the Lord spoke to us about? A new beginning of consecration. Number two, a new beginning of giving. And number three, a new beginning of enlargement. When we looked at consecration, we said, if you are going to live a life of holiness, if you are going to live a life of consecration, you must beware of four things. And the first thing we mentioned was falling short of God's grace. You must beware of falling short of God's grace. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. We must be careful of saying, I'm born again, and once I'm born again, no matter what I do, I'm going to make heaven. We know that's a doctrine from the pit of hell. Oh, there are ministries that have been built upon it. There are churches that are built upon it. That's why some things will crumble. Some things you expect to crumble, don't crumble. Because they are laid on the right foundation. Some things you expect to, to, to last because they are glamorous. They do what? They crumble. Because they are attractive to the eyes. But spiritually, they have got no depth. Beware of falling short of God's grace. Number two, beware of bitterness that defies. Beware of what? Ah, and brethren, especially in Christendom, bitterness. It's deep-rooted in the heart of many. Bitterness. God will have mercy upon us in Jesus' name. Number three, beware of fornication. I would say fornication is simply what? Sexual immorality. Whatever be the nature. By youths, by the married, by people desecrating their bodies that is supposed to be the temple of the living God. Say, okay, I don't have business with any man. They go and get things that men have made that are meant for them to pleasure themselves. Desecration. I mean, fornication. And number four, profanity or godlessness. These are things that distract from holiness. These are things that will not allow an individual to live a life of consecration. Then we went into giving. And we said, what do you give? We mentioned a few things. You give your tithes. You give your offering. You give your time. You give to projects in the church. And last but not least, you give to your pastor. And I recognize one thing. I think uh, I have defaulted in doing this for a while because I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to say um, because it's pastor. My brethren, my, my brothers and sisters, you don't need to give anything to me, but I'm going to preach it. Amen? I will do what? I will preach it. It's the word of God. At least when I stand before him, God will not say I'm the cause of anybody's poverty. Give to your pastor. How do you give? You give cheerfully and joyfully. How do you give? So, if you give simply because uh, next Sunday that pastor will talk here and say give, give, give to pastor. Let me just give him something, Daddy. Let him know. You are wasting your money. Tell someone you don't waste your money. Give cheerfully and joyfully. Because the Bible says God loves what? A cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 to 10. God loves a cheerful giver. And then the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to do what? Acts 20 35. What do you want to be? A giver or a receiver? What's your choice? Giver or receiver? Knowing fully well that if you are a giver, you will always be what? But if you are only a receiver, what happens? The source will dry up one day. 
You can only continue to give so long as you continue to receive. Or is it the other way around? You will continue to receive so long as you continue to give. Yes. The Geo said one thing. He said the moment he realized that when you give God something, he multiplies that gives it back to you. Say, hey, that is the secret. I will make sure that God will always have something to give back to me. And he can't finish it. So I know I will live long. Is somebody with me? When you make up your mind that I will be a giver, because every time I give, God will give back. And I mean, as you give, God is multiplying what is given unto you. You say, ah, God, I know I can't die. I know you gave your son, but this giving, you know, ah. The more you give to me, the more I will give. And the more God will do, God will multiply. Then we ask ourselves a question why are givers poor? Why is it that some people, they give their tithe, they give their offering, but yet it looks as if they are struggling? And then we began to look at what we call the six principles of financial success. As written by a man called Sean. And we said the first thing is, you pray for God's favor and blessings on your work. And this is very important. Even if you don't want to give, pray for what? Pray for God's favor and blessing on your work. Because many of us take it for granted. And I thank God that we just finished a, a, a season of prayer and fasting. 63 days. Pray. That's number one. Number two, we said tithe and offering. And we said God does not need your tithe. But when you give your tithe, it's a sign of your allegiance to God. We know that passage that says God so loved the world that he did what? John 3, 16. Giving is a sign of love. Even in relationships. Even in marriage. Is that not so? It's, it's, it's an indication that you love. You give to your wife, she knows you appreciate her. You give to your husband, he knows you appreciate him. And the Bible says we are what? The bride of Christ. So when you give to God, he appreciates it. So that's number two title. Number three, we say save money and reduce debt. And that's what we were talking much about this last week. Save money and reduce debt. And we give the example of Joseph. That Joseph, when there was plenty in Egypt, what was the advice he gave Pharaoh? He said, take 20% of the excess and do what? And save it. For seven years, they were just building banks and saving and saving. Your account is just what? It's, uh, uh, it's increasing. And then there came seven years of famine. And now he could take from what was saved in the years of plenty. And they began to use it in the years of famine. And brethren, in life, this cycle of seven years, go and study it. You see that it is repetitive. It happens in life. In fact, investment experts have come to realize that it happens even in investment. There's something called the commodity cycle. For if, if you are familiar with commodity trading, like I, like I told us last week, don't go into it. If you are not a, a, a professional, it, your money will just continue to disappear. But in commodity trading, there's something they call the commodity cycle. It's cyclical, it is real. You go trace it back to as early as 1900, 1800, you will see that the price of gold goes up and does what? And comes down. When it goes up, the price of uh, 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 stocks falls. When it comes down, what happens? The price of stocks rises. But over a long period of time, both the price of gold and the price of stock is doing what? It's rising. So people study these cycles. And they use it to make their own investment. It's a cycle that is real in life. That was 
It, I mean, Joseph concretized it for us. In the seven years of abundance, save 20%. When these years of leanness come, then you begin to eat what you have saved. Then we rounded up last week by saying, hey, you may not be able to start with 20%. Of course, it's difficult to start with 20%. Is that not so? But you will get there. Amen. And you will get beyond that. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. But you've got to start somewhere. Tell somebody, start somewhere. And that's why we, 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 we rounded up last week. And so I'm going to principle number four here, very important, which is invest for your future. Do what? Invest for your future. Right now, we cannot overemphasize this. The passage we just read in Matthew 25, the man that is traveling to a far country, he called his servant. He gave them his goods. He gave five, he gave two, he gave one. But the key thing is, he gave them according to their abilities. Abilities. So what you are given depends on what you can accommodate, what you can utilize. That is very important. But you see, the good part of it is you can increase your ability. Amen? You, that, I mean, I thank God, but towards the end of this, uh, as we are discussing what the Lord is saying to us, we're going to talk about enlargement. It's very important. Everyone was given according to their ability. So your first assignment, that's one of your first assignment, is increase your ability. Tell somebody, increase your ability. It's very important. Increase your, how do you increase your ability? One way you increase your ability is by knowledge. Is that not so? Like I know some of us, we came into this country, we are engineers, we are farmers, we are uh, whatever. Then we, have, we decide, okay, I want to be a nurse. You are doing what? You are increasing your ability. Or you say, I want to be a teacher. You are doing what? You are, increase, you are increasing your capacity. When you get to that point that God says, oh, you can do more. What does he do? He gives you more. Receive more in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, receive more in Jesus' name. So, if you increase your ability, you will attract more talents or, as in the case, more money from God. Brethren, God gives. And he's not short of giving from his own storehouse. So, increase your ability. Then the next thing is you must arrange your finances so that you can save and invest. And that's very important. Arrange your finances so that you can do what? Save and invest. And a very simple example that I want to... Bring, I know I talked about cable a lot last week. I'm not going to talk about cable this week. But if all you can afford is a car of 10000 don't go and buy a car of 30000 Does that make sense? If all you can afford is a car of what? 10000 In fact, in this our wonderful country, a car of 5000 is a good car. True or false? Yes. In fact, you, a car of 2000 so long as you can afford the insurance, because when you are making your analysis, just be sure that insurance is not cheap in Ontario. I don't know of other provinces. But the, what I'm trying to bring out, don't, I mean, because we are saying you should arrange your finances so that you can save and invest. Don't go, I mean, you are not trying to impress anybody. In fact, you know the truth. Nobody is impressed by your flamboyance. That's the truth. You can be taking pictures and sending to Nigeria. And when they see your picture, they say, Ah, my sister is living in money. And my brother is living in money. And you know what? The roof has caved in. It's a lie. 
and they will send you a picture. And you think truly the roof has caved in. And you'll be wasting your money sending it home. If you are wasting it because they know what they are doing with the money. But you think it's because they are preparing the roof. Why? Huh? See, so you are the one sending all those flamboyant pictures. Nobody is impressed by the type of car you drive here, brethren. That's the truth. You can successfully live without a car in this country. I hope you realize that. The long and short of it, there's nothing wrong with having a car. But don't live above your means. Because when you live above your means, you have nothing to save. You have nothing to save. God is not slacking in fulfilling his promise. One other area is in the area of mortgage. You know, we have this mentality. When I say we, I mean, this is directed at most of us Nigerians. I don't know if other Africans have the same mentality. We think the bigger, the, the better or something. I must have the biggest house in the neighborhood. But you can't afford it. Then we we'll go and buy the biggest house. Then they bring, uh, what do you call that thing? The, the gas bill. And you start running away from the gas, the gas man. Then you start looking for government uh, uh, program that helps people that cannot pay their... I mean, why your house is the biggest in the, in the neighborhood? Do you have to start with the biggest house in the neighborhood? You don't. If the mortgage you can, you can afford is... What do they call that thing? Town note, before townhouse. Yes, it's a condo. No. If the mortgage you can afford is a condo, buy a condo. It's your house. Amen? It's what? It's your house. Because the soul that buys a condo today can sell the condo tomorrow and buy a townhouse. In fact, you may decide not to sell it. You may decide that this condo I have bought is my first investment in this country. I will move out. I will start using it to do what? To rent. Meanwhile, because you have some equity there, you have enough money to even now leave the uh, 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 condo, bring in money, and now go and buy what? A townhouse. Now you have two properties. And you apply the same principle. Before you decide to go and buy a farmland, now you are a millionaire. But if you start with the biggest, and you are struggling to pay the mortgage, you are struggling to pay hydro bill, you are struggling to pay all the payables. What should take you five years will take you 15 years. I say, ah, it's thank God, though. You know, in fact, I have equity on it. And you know what normally happens? When you do that, you, you now think you have a good reason to stop paying your tithe. A good reason to not to contribute in church. Because, ah, they, like they will tell you, this is not Nigeria. Brethren, the principles of God apply the same everywhere. Everywhere. Our problem is a lack of discipline. All I'm just saying is, arrange your finances so that you can save and invest. You know one problem that many of us have, including myself, is we are what is called being payment focused. And I will explain. So, the advice is do not be payment focused. You buy, do not be payment focused. You buy, what, what, what? Uh, this camera. Beautiful camera, and it goes for $1,500, right? But they say, no, you don't worry. In fact, don't pay for the next one year. So you buy it, you are using it, you are payment focused, you know you are not paying anything, right? It's not that there's no interest, so the interest is accumulating. They are keeping it for you. 
So after one year, they say you cannot start paying. And you, you bought it for one thousand. <laughs> they say start paying twenty-five dollars per month, so that you will pay it off in seven years, and you are relaxed. Twenty-five dollars. Hey, we can manage that. If I you go and get another one, get another one, get another one, it adds up. But the key thing is, by the time you finish paying this one thousand dollar, what how much have you paid? Three thousand dollars. The money that you could have saved if you had just waited. I have a thousand dollars. I will buy this thing. I will start saving for that. You, all of you will go on this camera. But because you are payment focused, you don't realize it. Do you realize, brethren, <laughs> the most expensive credit cards in this country, which credit cards are those? Does anybody know? Which one? It's nothing to do with other MasterCard or, or whatever. They are all the same. You are in the spirit. The most expensive credit cards in this country are those uh, store credit cards. Home Depot card. And uh, what do they call them? Uh, Walmart. Uh, well, well, uh, this one where we buy electronics. Any of those store credit cards, go and check the interest rate. It's above 20%. The banks, they will deceive you. They will tell you your interest rate is 19.99%. What is that? Uh, but they won't put 20. But those stores... They won't even tell you lies. You're interested in 25 <laughs> and you're just starting. And you go and buy a very beautiful electronics, carry it home. The house is full. You don't even have 25% interest rate. 25%. 25 times 4 is 100. Is somebody with me? God will help us in Jesus' name. I say God will help us in Jesus' name. That is why, you know, when, when, when uh, uh, that pastor let us read, the man that had one talent, what happened to him? It was taken from him and given to the man that had ten already. That's a simple paraphrase of the rich get richer. And what happens? The poor get poorer. Even what they have is taken away from them. Because of indiscipline. Because we refuse to discipline ourselves. Why should you invest? I'm not talking of what you've invested in. You can invest in so many things, brethren. I'm hoping by God's grace, and I know we are going to do it. We'll start talking, I mean, making some discussions on real estate investment. Real estate investment. There's life in it. There's money in it. God will help us. We'll get there. But why should you invest? There is something called inflation. I'm sure we all know what inflation is, right? I mean, our mothers are all here. We buy tomatoes. A basket of tomatoes last year. Maybe you could get it for what? How much? $25. I can assure you, go and buy a basket of tomatoes this year. It cannot be $25. What will it be? It will be more. That is simply what they call inflation. It's the fact that what your money can buy this year, next year it will do what? It cannot buy it. By God's special grace, we bought this property about, it's going to be seven years in uh, October that we close on this property. We bought it for a million dollars. I guarantee you, if you want to sell this property today, or conservatively, we can sell this property for less than 1.5 million. Conservatively. Why? Inflation. If we bring one million to the market today, you can't beg this type of property. Am I making sense? 
That is why we say you need to invest. Invest in something that will beat the rate of inflation. So if inflation is 3% every year, then you're going to put your money somewhere such that your money brings in something that is more than what? 3%. I'm saying it the simplest way I can. But I'm sure most of us understand what I'm saying. Because we are used to, you buy something today, tomorrow the price is different. Brethren, that is very, very important. And there's another statement I caught. And that is, we talk of investing for retirement. But some of us don't plan to retire. Some of us plan to work till death do us part. But even if you don't plan to retire, invest for retirement. Why? For your children. Because Proverbs 13 verse 22. Proverbs 13 verse 22. Proverbs 13 verse 22 says, A good man liveth an inheritance to his children's children. Can you ask your neighbor, are you a good man? Even if it's a woman, ask the person, are you a good man? In other words, what are you planning to leave for your children? Assets or liabilities? Are you planning to leave for them debts? The Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So when you even decide to do things the ways of the Lord, there are things you've not planned for that God is bringing into your, into your coffers. Then you can receive. You can receive. We're talking about investing for the future. I'm sure we know this one. We said invest regularly and automatically. Invest how? I want to advise those of us who are employees. In your place of work, there's something they call matching of your RRSV contribution. Make sure you maximize it. Make sure you do what? I'm telling you what I did when I was in TD. If you, then, I don't know what they do now. But then, if you contribute your RRSV up to, a, their maximum is 2250 per year. They will match it 50%. So, if you like, contribute less, but whatever you contribute up to that maximum, they will match it. I made sure every year I contributed nothing less. If anything, I contributed more. They will finish matching it earlier in the year. And every, every two, two weeks, they are deducting something from my pay. They are using it to buy TD stocks for me. When I left TD, I knew the value of what I got from them. That's free money. Where will you get... Investment that automatically gives you 50% in, uh, 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 what is, it? is that income? Automatically 50% right from day one. And many of us have it, but we don't use it. Because you want to buy a car. Because you want to frivolous things. These things build up. Tell somebody you have to repent. If there is such provision in your place of work, maximize it. It will not kill you. If that's the only savings you have, you have savings. Amen? Amen? In fact, it's even good. Number one, it reduces your tax. Number two, you can't even withdraw it anyhow. And that was a good thing when I was... Because TD, the day you need money, there is a cycle where they say you cannot sell... You as a staff, you can't sell TD stock. And everything they took from my pay, what did they use to, to use it to buy? TD stock. So you are stuck. But it was good. Automatic contribution. Invest regularly and automatically. 
Don't say, don't say, okay, I will remember to do it every... No, 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 no. Give them the direct debit instruction. Take it from source. I don't want to see it. But it's part of your income. When you are calculating your tithe, you have to pay tithe on it. Yes, it's part of your income. Your income is before any deduction. So you've got to... It's part of your income. And gradually... God is multiplying. I can tell you many stories. There's no room for stories today. But the, that was how I got down payment to buy the house we have today. And then there are all those other uh, provinces. You can take money from your RRSP to buy a property, a residential property. And you pay it over, is it 10 years or 15 years? Uh-huh. I think I just finished paying the, paying the one I, I used. So there are that provision. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. When you adhere to these principles, as you do them, God will bring more money to you. There is a part we have to play. The question we ask ourselves from the beginning, is the fact that we do one, we leave everything out. You think because I just pay my tithe, that is all. But God is willing to give. But what will, God, what will he bless? There's no capacity. There's no saving. You can, you can take your $5,000 saving and invest it and God will now bless it. And somebody else will take his $50,000 saving. And before he knows it, the whole thing is wiped out. Because you are playing by spiritual principles. No, let me not say spiritual. You are playing by what? Godly principles. Brethren, one key word you've heard me mentioning over and over again is discipline. Discipline. Not taking that uh, 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 tea or cappuccino or whatever will not kill you. If you make up your mind that all this uh, $10 cappuccino every day, I will, be, I will start saving it. I just want that is cappuccino money. And it goes in there. Or maybe, okay, instead of buying the $10 one, buy the $5 one. I don't know how much you sell it to. I don't drink cappuccino. <laughs> But, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Instead of all these Big Mac, you buy every time. Amen? Go and buy rice and cook at home. And you don't know how to cook, go and buy cookbook. You don't even need to buy the things that they say it's on YouTube. YouTube will even teach you how to cook pande jam. And, and okra soup. And the one you do okra soup with dried fish. Ah, that thing is sweet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there are many, you just need to make up your mind that in this country you will excel. How many people are going to excel in this country? You will excel in Jesus' name. There are little, little things you need to do. That's why the Lord is bringing this message to us. We are taking it from the scriptures. From the scriptures. You can't just, like our elders will say, you get to the bottom of a palm tree. You didn't uh, throw a stone to break the gourd. You didn't cut the, the sap, but you put your mouth up. Uh, and you expect palm wine to be dropping in your mouth. What will drop in your mouth? Flies. <laughs> I don't know how to translate that proverb, but some people know what I'm saying. You need to put some things in place for God to bless for you. I pray for someone here today, God will bless you. Hey. I say, God will bless you. Amen. You will not fall. 
you will not fail. You will increase. You will be great. God has given us a word in this church. He said he's raising up millionaires in this church. How many millionaires are here in the sanctuary today? Receive it in Jesus' name. The little, little things you need to put in place to actualize God's promise for your life. Brethren, begin to put them in place. God has spoken. I have my testimony. The day I will give my testimony. I hope somebody's testimony will beat my own. I don't want to be selfish. But if me, I put it in practice and you, you refuse to, don't envy me. Tell someone you don't envy me. Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The next point we are going to be discussing, not, to, not I mean, maybe this afternoon, and that's why I'm encouraging us, we started, please, uh, these messages are on YouTube and Facebook. You miss any of them, go back and look at it. We're going to be discussing the angle of, the one that talks of philanthropy. That's what we'll be discussing in the second service. That is, philanthropy is simply giving. Giving. But there's some type of giving that are blessed. There's some type of giving that are a waste of money. You will not waste your resources. You will not waste what God has given unto you. Amen. God will see in you a worthy steward. Amen. And his name shall be glorified in your life. That, has anyone been blessed this morning? Amen. The Lord will perfect that which concerns each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Paraventure, you are watching online. You have not given your life to Jesus. All we are saying are underlying principles on which, which will make the grace of God to work in your life. If you have not given your life to Jesus, you have not yet started. And if you're in that situation, you say, ah, I didn't know that God is interested in my finances. He is. And he can do it for you. And you're watching online, you want to sit yourself and say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I confess my sins. Come into my life. Come in today. Take control of all that is mine. Arrange and rearrange my finances. Set my feet upon the rock that never fails. And glorify him in my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. The rest of us in the house, just pray and say, Lord, I want to do it. I need the grace. Give me the grace. Open your mouth and pray. Say, Father, give me the grace. Give me the grace. I want to be a steward of the resources you are giving unto me. Give me the grace, O Lord. Yes, Father, give me the grace. And let your name be glorified. I want to be an example of righteous living. I want to be an example of a man that is blessed by God, that God is happy with. Give me the grace. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed in Jesus' name.